Little Rock Trojan fans, this is the Little Rock Trojan Golf Podcast with your host, Trey Schaap. Welcome back to the Little Rock Golf Podcast, a uh, presentation of Learfield IMG College. Jake Harrington, your head coach of the Little Rock Trojans, first time they have made it to the NCAA Championships in golf. And, uh, Coach, congratulations. It has to be just overwhelming. And I think maybe when you look back at the road it took to get here, satisfying and gratifying as well. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's it, you look at that road, whether it's just this year or whether it's in the eight years I've been here. Um, you know, the, our national ranking at the end of my fall semester here was 209th in the country. Uh, we had a lot of work to do. And – but that's why I came here, because this is a golf community. I know it's a place that we can build a program. And I told people, I've told you from the moment I got here, is I want people to see our name on the leaderboard and have to ask, who is that? Mm-hmm. And they're going to know who we are. And that's what it's about, and that's the fun thing. And that's the fun thing about being in a golf community is the community's behind us. They're, they're loving it, just like we are. We love representing Little Rock, having it on our chest when we play. And... You know, it's been a long road, but these guys, this is the hardest working group I've been around, the most talented group we've been around. And on top of that, to be be able to send Logan Pate out the right way, he came back for a fifth year. I mean, it doesn't get much better. It's a great story. If you follow the uh, Little Rock Golf Podcast, you've heard from Chopper before, Logan Pate, uh, otherwise known as Chopper. (laughs) I I love that that nickname for him, but uh, Logan Pate, Anton Albers, Nicholas Horder, Magnus Lumholt, Marcel Rauch. Those were the five you took to Stillwater. Those were the five that were with you at Mystic Creek. We, we talked before the conference championships uh, down at Mystic Creek and obviously fell a sh- short of a goal of winning a conference title. But the fight that your team showed down there has to not only please you as a coach, but give you confidence and give them confidence that might have helped them in Stillwater at Karsten Creek. Oh, absolutely. And, and let's not forget in that group, Ryan McNellis is our, you know, we bring him down there as our substitute in case mm-hmm. anything happens. And, and he's the one that's been in the lineup all spring, you know, and, and Marcel beat him out for the postseason. But, you know, he's the one that makes Marcel uncomfortable or makes anybody in the top five uncomfortable because if they slip up, Ryan's right there to take their place. But, yeah, those th- those guys – can go to battle and they go to battle any given day and they've done it all semester and we've played you know at the University of Texas in a big 12 tournament played Mississippi State in an SEC tournament so those things helped us do what we did at regionals because we weren't scared of anybody it doesn't matter what name's on your bag in past teams we probably would have gotten a little gun shy we probably would have gotten a little timid because those are big name teams but we're used to that now and we know that we can play with them because we have and to have confidence in golf, that that saves you shots right there because it, it doesn't take you a couple of holes to get warmed up or to know that you belong. These guys know they belong right away. When you look at Anton and the way his spring semester started, he wins an invitational, and then he wins the first team event of the season. What were, what were you thinking when that happened moving forward through the spring? I was thinking it's about time. <laughs> <laughs> Anton's one of the best players if not one of the best players I've ever coached and he just has a different gear at times. Um, And if you look at what you said with that second tournament, when he won at SMU, 
he beat Noah Goodwin, who just won this region. And so that tells you the type of people he's beaten. And, I mean, he, he's good. He's experienced. He's led the British Amateur before. He's won now two college events. And to be able to do that says a lot about Anton. And the guys feed off of that, too, because they want to do that. And they know they can win, you know, because they go head-to-head with Anton every qualifying, every practice. And that's the beautiful thing about having this team that's this competitive is we do quantifiable stuff in practice, and we compete all the time. And so they're constantly going at each other, and that's why we're able to do things we are right now. Let's discuss, first off, the Stillwater Regional. Uh, you get out there, and it looked like weather was going to be an issue uh, all week long. And so the tournament committee, after what happened with the women down in Baton Rouge, decided to make a quick adjustment, I would assume. Um, I don't want to put words in a, into their mouth, but the fact that the University Golf Club in Baton Rouge didn't hold a single round of golf for the women that qualified there, and they just took the top six, um, blows my mind anyway. But the committee over in, in Stillwater at Karsten Creek decided, hey, we're going to play 36 on Monday because that is the best chance we have to get a full 54 holes in. So they play 36 on Monday. After your first 18, you're sitting in good shape. After your second 18, you kind of drop a little bit, but you're right there. Walk me through that first day of having to actually play 36 instead of 18, 18, 18. It's 36 all in that first day. <laughs> well, funny story about that is, so we're playing our practice round, and so it's 18 holes the day before. We play probably 10, 11 holes, and then it just starts dumping on us. And I knew we had never seen Karsten Creek. So we were already behind the eight ball with every team in the field because you had the 2018 national championship there. Mm -hmm. So, And you have teams in the field that were there or even in the finals like Alabama. So you have experience on experience in that field that has played Karsten Creek and seen it. So I knew with the weather, I'm sitting there just – please let us get a practice round in because it was looking like we would not even get a practice round in, which would have been brutal for us. So we get that practice round in. So we're sitting at dinner, uh, take the guys to Texas Roadhouse. We're sitting down for dinner, going over everything, having a good time, going over what we're doing. And all of a sudden Magnus pulls up. When we leave, Magnus had pulled up, a, seen something on social media that we're playing 36 holes tomorrow. I didn't even know that because it was in my email and I'm always with the guys at dinner. If you pull your phone out, you're paying for your own dinner. And so I try to do the same thing and keep my phone in my pocket. So I but didn't, you're going to pay anyway. Right. But I didn't <laughs> check anything. So I'm sitting there and I'm like, they're like, coach, is that true? And I'm like, um, I haven't heard anything. I pull up my phone. Sure enough, change of plans. We're playing 36 holes tomorrow because that's the only way we're going to get in. So you got to run out of Texas Roadhouse and get to the hotel. And we're yeah, and we're changing plans. Okay, oh, this is when we're leaving now, and here's what we're doing. And luckily, we kept the tee times the same that morning, but we're playing 36 straight through. Right. But it's an entirely different process because when you plan to play 18, 18, 18, there's different mentalities. You know, Logan has a little bit of a foot issue right now that um, we're working through, and thankfully Rob Tillman's been great working with him on it. But um, – we left push guards here because we're playing 18, 18, 18. Well, now that he's got to hoof his bag 36 on a 7,500-yard course, I'm sitting there like, oh, crap, I don't know if I can get Chopper through 36. Can I go find a push cart? Right. So, luckily, one of my good friends used to coach at Oklahoma City University, and he lives in Edmond. And I called him up. I said, Kyle, you have a push cart. He goes, I got one. 
I said, can you bring it up here? Because he was planning on coming up to watch us anyway. He goes, I'll load it in the truck tonight. So we got up there, we're practicing. He throws it in the back of the van, Chop gets it, and we go from there. But those are all different things that build up to it as far as what can you do and how you game plan a little different being it's 36 in one day. And on top of that, as a coach, I mean, I'm a big guy. And that regionals and nationals, there's no golf carts for coaches. And typically – Patrick and I go through a different game plan where this semester we've been doing really good where I go to par threes as a comfort level for the guys, but also so I can check in with each guy every couple holes. Patrick would go to a par five or a, a difficult par four so we can do the same thing and check in that way, or he'll go with a player. So now that we're at Karsten Creek, the nines are extremely spread out. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm on hole three, hole seven, I can get to because there's a cut through. But there's no cut through from 7 to 11 and 11 to 15. It is straight hoofing it, and you better get moving. And so that was different in how we, how Patrick and I game plan to be with the guys and then to prepare the guys, hey, expect this because if I leave, it doesn't mean I don't like you or you're playing bad. It just means I'm getting here. So they need to understand all those different intricacies that people outside don't realize what we go through to prepare these guys. And so – I mean, it worked out great. We got in a flow, and it just – you understand the feel when you get through the day of what you need to do. And so I was able to, for the first 36 holes, I skipped 15. And I left that to Patrick, and I went to 17 because that's the toughest hole in the course. And then we flipped it that last day because I needed him to stay with Nico to do it, and then I went to 15. And it all worked out because Patrick got Nico in the house with a birdie on 18. And we had two crucial birdies we made on 15 with Logan and Anton. Okay, so you get through the the first 36. And then you go out Tuesday, and there's there's a threat of weather on Tuesday. Did it ever rain at all Tuesday? Yeah, it did. So, so you had to play through a little bit of rain. Yeah, so we get – we're um, – what is it? Our tee times are at – You were like 10.33, and I think you were delayed. Yeah, so we got out there – it goes, Nico leads us off, followed by Marcel, Logan, Anton, Magnus. And so we get out there going through everything. It's gray outside, but there's no lightning, no nothing. Nico gets onto the green on one. Marcel's in the fairway. And then the guy that's getting ready to tee chop off says, hold up, there's about to be a – the horn's going to blow and we're going to be delayed. And I'm looking around like there's no thunder, there's no nothing. I check my phone and it's like 14 miles away is the thunder strike. And I'm like, great. So they blow the horn. We're delayed hour and a half, maybe two hours. We didn't go back out until one thirty. Had Nico made his putt? No, Nico had a five footer for birdie on okay. one. Okay. But he ended up making it yeah, he after did. the delay. Yeah. Okay. Thank goodness we're, it, it was delayed long enough where we could practice again. Right. So <laughs> the funny thing is I told Nico, I said, Nico, you know what your putt does on one. You better go hit about 20 of those putts right now. To find, find the putting <laughs> green that yeah. breaks like yes. that. Yes, and yeah. go make that putt. And then Marcel's like, crap, coach, I should have lasered my wedge shot into into number one. But it was so right on top of each other that you don't think about that. You're just putting the tees in to get off the course. Right. Um, but, yeah, so we had that delay for about an hour and a half, two hours, basically grab lunch with the guys. I'm going to be 100% honest with you right here. I texted Rand Champion later that afternoon. Because I was looking at golf set, I said, doesn't look good. I said, Rand, I I think they're done. I said, it does not look good. And looking at the scores here. Thanks for believing in us, by the way. I did believe in you. (laughs) But but, but let me just 
let me let me let me say why I said it didn't look good. Nico's four over through twelve on his round. Uh, Magnus was four over through twelve on his round. Chopper is two over through twelve, and then doubles thirteen, and Anton's one over, and then Bogey's thirteen. But after thirteen, what your team did, and I've looked at social media, I've looked at um, some of the, the the people that tweet and write about golf and amateur golf. Mm-hmm. What your team did from fourteen on is almost short of miraculous. Eight birdies, one bogey, and birdieing eighteen. Every single guy, even. Marcel, whose score wasn't going to count anyway, he still comes up with a birdie on 18. But let's let's go back to 14 because Anton and Nico both make birdie there, so that takes a four over down to three over with Nico. Anton goes from two over to one over, and then you get birdies out of Chopper and Anton on the 217-yard par three 15th. 217-yard <laughs> par three, and you get two birdies. Yeah. Both inside 10 feet. And no bogeys. And trust me, I wasn't feeling good either about okay. it. And, and, you know, we – seven is an easy part three. We made a mockery of it. We didn't play it good. Um, then we flipped to the back. Ten's typically the second toughest hole on the entire course when you look at past national championship, past regionals. Mm-hmm. 11's a brutal part three. And so, yes, through 12, 13, I wasn't feeling good either. Yeah, you played 11, four over par. Yeah. I mean, 11, I don't know what the yardage says on that, but. It says 209? Yeah, and it's it was playing like 220. Because it's all it was carry all, into the wind? It was all the way back. Okay. And, you know, so it, it, it's a tough hole. It, it's really a lot like 15 is. And so, but I'm the type of person that, especially at Karsten Creek, is it's not over till it's over. And that's why I told the guys on 15 what I said to them on 15, every single one of them. I told them, guys, give me one between 15 and 17. Whatever happens on 18 happens on 18. And sure enough, they came up big. And pars out there are birdies at times, and especially coming on that stretch. And, and especially playing with guys that you're battling for in like an Auburn that you're trying to catch. Yeah, absolutely. And I told the guys previously, I said, I love where we're at. This is the day before. I said – I'm fine being eighth place going into it. And they looked at me a little crazy. I said, guys, here's what's going to happen because I've been here before when I was a junior college coach is the top six teams play with each other, top three, then four through six. There's only five going. So four, five, and six naturally are going to play match play against each other. And they're going to forget about us in seven, eight, and nine. And we're going to take that spot. And I got the guys believing that the night before. Granted, leading up to 13, we weren't doing good. Mm-hmm. But I told the guys, give me one. And that's what I tell them all year. And the guys will hate it. It'll be a joke, you know, when you talk to Logan. Um, because they try to get it out of me. Where are we at? I said, just give me one. And even if we're ahead by one, I'm saying give me one. Because the last thing you want to do in golf, especially on a tough golf course, is try to protect the lead. We see it in every sport, right? You see it in baseball. You see it in basketball. If you, you try prevent defense in football, if sometimes. you try not to win, yeah. you're gonna lose, right? And so that's my mentality with the guys all the time: is give me one because it makes you push just enough, but not be complacent. And we sure pushed, and we pushed, and we 
showed heart and grit and these guys i mean i get um hairs on my arm standing up right now thinking about it because they they believed and they trusted me and they trusted themselves and the cool thing about karsten creek if you've never been there 17 500 yard par four Mm -hmm. 18 gettable par five come back but they're separated by a lake so when you're on 17 you see everything going on on 18 and so 17 tee box is basically almost equivalent to 18 green right and going down and there's trees blocking you a little bit so i'm sitting there peeking through to see what our guys are doing but it is you feel everything right there and you feel the crowd building on 18 and building and building and people wondering what's going on uh, on that side so it's a pretty special spot so you had nico go off first mm-hmm. he birdies 18 he finishes at two over par 74 marcel Right behind Nico, his score wasn't going to count, but he still comes in with a birdie. Yep. So there's some fist bumping going on there. Right. It has to be. Then, then you've got Chopper, and it's my understanding that that Coach Sullivan was with Chopper in the fairway. Yeah. And like, I, th- I want to say 270 hole, maybe probably yeah, it was two, about 265. Okay, 265 hole, maybe 250 something to carry mm-hmm. because of the water. Correct. And he 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 basically said, Chop, you going to send it? He's like, no, nah, I'm thinking about laying up to about 100 yards. <laughs> and he's like, okay. So what does Chop do? He lays up to about 100, 90 yards. I think he had 88 in. Flips a wedge in there to about, what, five feet? Five feet. Drains the birdie putt. Yep. That's three birdies. Two of them counting. Yep. Then you've got Anton. He comes in. He's even par on his round. He lands on the green in two, then puts it off to the fringe. While Auburn makes an eagle, and what does he do? Drains the putt on top of the eagle for birdie. Yeah. So I'll tell you the thing about that is, so like I told you, I sent Patrick with Nico at the beginning. Mm -hmm. And then Patrick was going back and forth with the fairway. So if you think about it in the five groups, and then I catch back up, I'm on 17 with the final four guys. And so I see them go through. So now on 17, after I get Anton and then Magnus hits it up next to green, I walk up to catch Anton in the fairway, and I tell Patrick, stay on the green and keep reading. So he's seeing all these putts and knowing that we're going to have to know what those putts do. So then I'm back in the fairway with Anton, and Anton has – he's hit it just left in the rough, and he's got a side hill lie. And it's 213 is where we want to be. So he's got about 220 meters and 202 to cover the, the second bunker. And we go back and forth on it. And I say, Anton, you got this. He goes, he wasn't, and you can see in his reaction that he wasn't extremely comfortable, but Anton, like I've said, is one of the best players around. And he goes, coach, you're going to have to help me with this decision here. And I said, I said, you got it. I said, can you hit this shot? He goes, coach, you're going to have to make the call. And I said, Anton, you can hit this shot eight out of ten times. And that's one thing we always talk about is eight out of ten. If you can hit it, then it's go. I said, you can hit this eight out of ten times. And we got the right club, and he flushed it. And it was going straight at the flag, right in the middle of green, right where we needed him to. It was just a huge sigh of relief for all of us because um, the side hill light could go anywhere. Mm-hmm. And he just – he absolutely flushed it. And Especially so, out of the rough, it could go anywhere right. too. And so for him to hit that putt before Auburn, Auburn drains it. They're fist pumping – you know, celebrating because they just took a one-shot lead 
in what they thought was two shot until Anton topped him to cut it back to one, going into the final group of the day. Mm-hmm. Auburn, middle of the fairway, probably about 235, 240 out. Magnus had hooked his shot a little bit. And Magnus is coming off of a bogey on 17. Yeah. To get him to four over for his round because in watching golf style, I was like, if Magnus can par 17, <laughs> then he's just going to need a par on 18 and, and you're in. Well, so there's the key right there. Okay. So Magnus, I want to say Magnus had 215 on 17, maybe 220. Oh, it was 215. So we sent him, um, had, I saw the adrenaline pumping. He hit it just a little long right into the rough. And so I left him with that chip because I don't like being around somebody when they have a really touchy chip because then it just makes them more nervous because I'm watching. So that's when I left him. The funny thing is Magnus on 18 had the same number in. He pulls out three iron. He goes, Coach, it's three. And it's a, he has one of the driving three irons. I said, it's not three. I said, it's four. And he looked at me kind of crazy. I said, I said, Magnus, you have so much adrenaline pumping through your body right now, you're going to flush four there. And I said, we just need you in the middle. We have to take long out of the question, get on the dance floor. And if we make the ego putt, we make it. If we don't, we make birdie. You make them beat us. And so he took four, flushed an absolute laser to the middle of green to about 25 feet. And, um, but before he did that, the Auburn guy hit a low pull left, was yelling for it to hit the bunker on the left side because he knew it had to catch something, hit the hill, went in the water. Mm. So now you're sitting there, Auburn goes in the water, but since he went four and two, he's dropping three, hitting four, he still make par easy, and mm-hmm. they got a one-shot lead. So we sent Magnus, incredible shot, put all the pressure right back on Auburn. He hits his chip up to the backside of green, so he's got about a 20-footer for par. Magnus hits an incredible putt, rolls just past the cup, almost made his eagle to about two and a half feet. Then the tension, nervousness starts to build because – this kid's one of the best players for Auburn. He's, he's a great player. Barely misses his putt on the right side. Magnus, two-and-a-half-footer, which probably felt like a seven-footer to Magnus of course. at the time. And probably everybody else there associated right. with Little Rock. And made the putt, center cup, celebration. Wow. Was there, after all of the score, I mean, obviously there's celebration, but like you, you, you've said, you want to make sure that everything is correct. You go hole by hole. You make sure everything's done according mm-hmm. to – to the rules of golf and, and the scorecards are signed correctly um, and that golf stat was not wrong. After that, what was it like? What, was there water shower from bottles of water, the fact that we're advancing, or was it just <laughs> hugs all around and high fives? It was just hugs all around. It, it took a little while too because – so Magnus finished last, but Anton's score went in last, and Anton's group had the eagle So from the Auburn kid. So that goes in, and I knew when I talked that um, there were some scores that probably got put in wrong on live scoring, whatever, but it all got fixed. But So it's nervousness because I'm sitting here as a coach and probably as fans like you are, when you're refreshing, you see Magnus's score go in. As a coach, I'm thinking, crap, was there an error in Anton's score or what happened? Why is that one not put in yet? But it just happened to be the fact that it's on the bottom stack that went up to the media room mm-hmm. to get put in online. But that was a nervous 20 minutes. I mean, the guy from the director of golf already handed me a flag that we were advancing. Right. And I'm sitting there like, I don't know yet. Like, well, I'm I saw, pretty sure I, we I, made it by one. I saw Patrick's tweet 
And so I'm like, <laughs> yes, they're in. I'm, I'm retweeting that and everything. But then I'm, I'm, I'm looking though at, at Golfstat, and he, it hadn't reset. So I'm like, what in the world's going on here? Yeah, my my wife told me that she, we were down one, and she slammed her laptop shut. And we had two holes to play. She already thought we lost it. Maybe we were down two. Oh, no. And she slammed her laptop shut. And that whole thing happens, takes place. And um, I had texted my brother and my dad and that we made it. And because all the meat, everything's still there. And I'm, I can't get on the phone to talk to my wife yet. So I text them. Apparently, my little brother calls my wife. And she tells me, she goes, I didn't want to answer the phone because I was so pissed. Oh, she no. Goes, and she goes, I answered the phone. I said, what, Daniel? And he goes, they made it. And she goes, don't mess with me like that. <laughs> I saw it. They didn't make it. They lost by one. He goes, no, they made it. And my brother had conferenced my dad in, and they were both, like, all giddy. And then she pulled it back up and realized we had flipped it and actually won by one. How cool is that? And, I mean, so then I called home right when it finally became official and got on that call, that conference call with all of them, and it was just awesome. I bet it was. And then uh, I'm sure – I mean, I've seen your son and your daughter around too, and, and I know that, that they like dad to be home, and they understand he's got to leave sometimes. But oh, yeah. this time is, is a little more exciting to be having dad gone for a little while. Yeah, and especially Lincoln because Sopai had told Lincoln, if daddy's team wins, I'll get you a toy. So, <laughs> so he's Lincoln's got a toy. on that phone, dad, dad, dad. And he's talking and everybody else is talking. And I said, what, bud? He goes, dad, you guys won? I said, yeah, buddy, we, we, we made it to nationals. He goes, mommy said I get a toy. I said, bud, you can have any toy you want. <laughs> <laughs> um, leading up to nationals now, you've got to put a little bit of practice in. Absolutely. And um, I know that Pleasant Valley is a course that you guys utilize a lot. It's one of the more difficult courses in Central mm -hmm. Arkansas, along with Country Club of Little Rock and Chennault. Um Eagle Hill can be tough at times. Yeah. Um, what's the game plan for practice at PV? So we'll go out, we'll go out tomorrow, and the guys will go hit balls over at Eagle Hill just to get loose and maybe work out some swing thoughts because I gave them today off, you know, because I think you need to be away a day. Um, just a reset and not burn out because it's going to be a long couple weeks. Um, and so being the fact that Greyhawk is Bermuda, it's overseeded rye really right now, but underneath is Bermuda. Uh, then we'll go practice out at Pleasant Valley. So we'll be out there tomorrow afternoon, Friday afternoon, Saturday afternoon, you know, late we'll go out and play. Um, and then Sunday morning we'll go up to a lotion and be able to play up at a lotion and then How take about off that? Monday afternoon. Yeah. A lotion. Yeah, I, I told them I, I, I was teasing with them because we went out there. We typically go out once a semester. You know, Mr. Stevens is great in letting us out there. Yes. We go out once a semester. And then so we went out the week before conference, and we made it to match play, fi the finals of match play. And so we did so good then. I, I called back and I said, hey, you're kind of our good luck charm for conference. Any way we can get out there before regionals? And they're like, absolutely, you know, because it's – Bent Grass Greens mm -hmm. is the Oyster Fairways, just like Karsten Creek. And so they were gracious enough to let us out again. And then, so it's funny, this morning I texted him. I said, you know, you've been You're a good, luck, good charm. luck charm. What about nationals? And they said, they talked to Mr. Stevens. He said, absolutely. How about that? And so it's just, it's fun to have people like that that have our back and that want to see us do good and, and that just take pride in us doing well and, 
And that's why when we wear Little Rock on our chest, it means so much. The first time that Little Rock Golf is going to the Nationals, you're going to get out there, going to play some other courses. Uh, give me a look at, at, at Greyhawk. What, what is it like? You, you said a little bit, overseeded with rye, but Bermuda underneath. What are the green complexes like? There, everything's overseeded rye right now, but the, as hot as it is in Phoenix right now, Bermuda's trying to pop and take over. So it's, you're, you're going to get that rye, but you're going to have that Bermuda trying to, but they're doing everything to keep that rye overseed in place. Um, pure desert golf course. So it's part of the reason why we need to go out Monday afternoon is to be able to play a different golf course because the women's national championships there. Right. You know, they're practice rounds today. So we can't get on that golf course or even see it. So we're going to go play another desert golf course because when you come from, you know, the Midwest, your sight lines are completely different. And instead of aiming at trees, you're trying to figure out which cactus you just you just aimed at or, or where you're at. It's harder because you don't have the big, tall backdrop that you – you would kind of mm -hmm. for baseball players, the batter's eye, all that. Stuff. Kind of more of a link style. Yeah, it feels aiming. That, it feels that way. Yeah, for, as far as aiming standpoint, yes. Okay. Um, so, it's pure desert. You know, instead of at Karsten Creek where you're in the high, tall weeds, trying losing your ball, you're in the desert losing your ball out there. So, um, but a great test. And then the greens are the greens are Bermuda with their okay. overseeded rye. Okay. But they're Bermuda. Hmm. So. I mean, the golf course is the golf course is very good, um, you know. And it's funny because last year was supposed to be the first year of the national championship at Arizona. Greyhawk won a, th a three-year bid, and so last year was supposed to be the first year. When that came up, that bid came up, and we were moving Little Rock in the right direction. You know, I'm from Arizona. That was always a goal: is put me in Arizona with my team. We could be dangerous. Now I get to go back home where I'm from in my home state to take this team to go play for a national championship is for me selfishly it doesn't get any better to be able to go back home see the support we already have people calling left and right from there how they can support us and it's gonna feel different it's gonna feel not like it would in little rock but there's gonna be plenty of people wearing little rock gear little rock hats out the national championship that are from the state of arizona so it's going to be a great feeling. It's going to be fun for me to go back home and just to give my guys something a little different. And, That's awesome. You know, you know when we got snowed out for the Border Olympics earlier this year, we had I had to get the guys competition, and so I found round trip tickets to Arizona for two hundred bucks, and we took the guys out to Arizona for a week. Now we didn't go play Greyhawk because I kind of looked at that as touching the Stanley Cup before you win it. Like, right, right. I don't want to yeah, do that. Like, yeah. But Alta Mesa Country Club and some others let us out, Superstition Mountain. They let us out and played. And we played some great golf in Arizona. So the guys have played Arizona golf this semester, even though we didn't travel west like we normally do. Um, so it's going to be fun. There's a place south of uh, Tempe. It's a restaurant where when the Little Rock Trojans were out there for their the women for their NCAA tournament in 15 – Mm -hmm. where they beat Texas A&M, then lost to Arizona State. Um, there's a place south of town that a restaurant we went to that, that actually serves rattlesnake. Rustler's Roost. It's right there. That's it. it. Yep, it's right and there's a slide. When you walk in the door, there's a slide down. If you don't want to take the stairs when they seat you, you can take a slide down to your table. And that's what that's what <laughs> Coach Cash, Alicia Cash, her daughter, Bailey, took the slide down. I yep. remember that. Yep, absolutely. Rustler's Roost. Rustler's Roost. Rustler's Roost. 
It sits up on the top of the hill. Yep, you you going to take them there? Absolutely. With that story, I have to. Yes, you have <laughs> to take them there. So we'll, we'll definitely we'll do that because that's a it's a great place and a great restaurant. And it just uh, has that Arizona vibe. The old I got to see vibe. pictures of that. And then the, the last thing, and, and, and we'll wrap this up. There's a, a, obviously social media just blew up when you guys made it. And there's a guy on social media that goes by the handle of Bunky Perkins. Mm-hmm. He's a big Ole Miss golf fan. And he was over in Stillwater watching his Ole Miss Rebels play. Um, but with them not qualifying, he's adopted Little Rock men's golf as his team <laughs> to cheer on at Nationals. Well, we were paired with Ole Miss and Auburn that final group. So um, if he was out there watching, he got a firsthand experience. But, um, yeah, I, hopefully we can make him proud as well and keep him as a Little Rock golf fan. So That'd be nice. Absolutely. Patrick has met him, I believe. I think he has. If not, he has on social media. Of course. Pat- Patrick's Patrick big loves on social media. He loves it. <laughs> Coach, congratulations. And um, I'm hoping that we're going to be sitting down in about two weeks talking about a run towards a national championship. Hey, it'd be nice to bring a trophy back, but I would say getting to match play would be a win for this program. Hey, if Augusta State can do it and do it back-to-back, why not Little Rock? And that's why I tell the guys when I recruited them, and that's what I'm going to continue to tell them now, is, you know, we've played against the best, and you guys are the best. So we need to go out there. And, and with golf, anything can happen on any given week. And there's always a fighting chance for us, especially when you go down to the top eight, get to match play. We just went to the toughest region and finished in the top five. So just get us to match play, and we'll be real dangerous. Logan Pate joins us here on the Little Rock Golf Podcast. Chopper, what's happening? Thank you for having me. Y'all must be feeling good right now, man. Oh, yeah. It still really hadn't sunk in, but, um, yeah, it's it's an awesome feeling right now. It hadn't sunk in yet? Not, not really. I mean, it's – it's it's surreal right now. I mean, yeah, but you're not having exit interviews with coach. Your yeah. career's not over, even yep. though you came back for a, a a fifth year, if you will, an extra year, thanks to the NCAA granting that after what happened last year with COVID and everything. But for you, Chop, to come back and have a goal of winning conference, you fell just a little bit short of that. And I understand that you were balling in a golf cart down at Mister Creek, thinking. I'm done. My golf career is over. Mm-hmm. Is that what happened? Um, yeah. I mean, uh, I was more upset at the fact that we were so close, and yet, I mean, we just didn't get it done. From having that automatic right. birth. Right, right, right. I mean, um, from what I understood in match play, that final match, um, Patrick was like, we're, we're, we're pretty close. We need you to finish strong here. And I think I was like three down, four to play or five to play, and I was just fighting, 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 and – when I made that putt on 18 to extend the match, I mean, everybody was pretty hyped up. And I was like, oh, okay, like, we still have a chance here. And then tied the the 19th hole, we're still playing. And then I saw Patrick get on the phone and I got, kind of sunk his head. And I was like, mm, like, I don't know, man, this, this feels like it's over. But, I mean, from what I understood at the time, like, we're in a pretty solid spot to go to regionals. And I was more upset of the fact that we didn't you know get the job done at conference and yeah but but you made some clutch putts earlier besides that match with Georgia so you made a clutch putt against ULM mm-hmm. uh, you made some clutch putts in just qualifying to get into uh the match play portion down at at, at the uh, championships the Sunbelt Conference Championship at, at Mystic Creek because only the top four teams advanced to the match play you guys mm-hmm. finished 
second behind Georgia Southern, then eventually lost to them um, in the in the match play championship. Let's move forward to, um, I believe it was a Wednesday uh, mid afternoon. Oh yeah. Uh, Golf Channel, you're up in the Legends Room, the Jack Stevens Center. What was the feeling like? I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say when you saw Little Rock pop up because there was a tweet that Little Rock Golf sent out where you're watching the selection show and they actually used that in their broadcast. So that had to have tell told that had to tell you then that we're gonna be in. They're not right. gonna show this if and yeah. then kick us out. Us. So yeah, yeah. what was what was the feeling? I mean, I mean. Everything is kind of following the plan. Uh, I came back here for an extra year to, you know, get as far as we could. And, I mean, I mean, we did fall short of conference, but I, I knew that we we're in the top, I don't know, 58 or something. We had a pretty solid chance of getting a bid. And just to see that tweet, I was like, man, we're in. Like, there's no way they're going to hold us out like that. But, uh, I mean, I wanted Carson Creek. I think I was the only one on the team that really understood. You told me that. Yeah. I Before it, you, know. you said, I, I said, Chop, where do you want to go? I want to go to Stillwater. I want Car- Karsten Creek. No. I love tough golf courses. Absolutely. I went to a golf camp, OSU golf camp, when I was like 12 or something out there, and I fell in love with that place and just saw just saw that uh, it was on the uh, one of the sites, and I was like, I want that one. And I saw like their prediction for us to go to Washington or something. I was like, Mm-mm, don't <laughs> want that one. I want Karsten and – it was the, it was the last uh, selection on that list. And yeah, the last regional announced. Yeah. And then I was like, oh. and y'all were a nine seed. Uh-huh. Um, and seeing some of the other teams that were on there, you knew it'd be a tough regional, probably the toughest regional, mm-hmm. when you really look at it and look at stroke average wise and and where teams fell in. Let's go to Sunday before play, uh, Sunday night. You're at Texas Roadhouse. Y'all are eating going over the game plan, and all of a sudden you find out, uh-oh, we got to play 36 on Monday. Mm-hmm. How does your mindset change? Well, uh, I'm not the biggest fan of 36. You know, I always typically struggle that that uh, back nine of the 36th day, so I wasn't too thrilled about it. But, I mean, everybody's got to do it, so i got to toughen up and get ready to roll. So that was kind of mentality is just, you know, you just got to push. No matter how tired your legs get, you just got to keep fighting and keep fighting. And I got off to a pretty solid start that um, that afternoon round. I think I was like 200 through nine. Then I started kind of feeling a little, you know, little flimsy legs there towards the end and just had to keep pushing, man, and just had a bad swing on 13. And I was like, it's, it is what it is. You just got to keep going, keep going. There's still tougher holes to play. Like you can't sure. just fold in here. And uh, managed to scrape together one over par round that second round and end up counting. And I think we were like six back with 18 holes to play and kind of figured we had a pretty solid chance of getting in if we had a, you know, decent day. So, and then let's transfer forward to mm-hmm. Tuesday. You're about to tee off. They tell you, Hey, hold, hold on. We're about to blow the horn here. There's mm-hmm. a little bit of a delay. Um, luckily Nico's out first and mm-hmm. he actually makes birdie on the first hole after sitting for an hour and a half to almost two hours. And let's get to 13 on the back nine. It's not going so well. For the Little Rock Trojans, no, sir. is it? No, not at all. I mean, I just – I doubled that hole the uh, the uh, afternoon, the second round, and I got to that box. It was a crosswind left to right, and I was like, this is actually a perfect win for me. I can hold up my little draw, and let's just get it going. And I just hit a little bit too quick of a pull there and uh, kind of lost that ball and had to – well, I actually found the ball this time. I lost it in the second round. So we went up there and took an unplayable and um, – 
you know, scraped together another double there. And I was walking off that green. I was like, man, this is, uh, this is not looking too good. But, you know, with uh, five holes to play, I mean, I didn't know where we stood there, but I was, I, I had, I had to do what I had to do, you know, to help this team out. And coach came up to me on, I think it was 15 tees, like, hey, man, I need you here. We need, we need some birdies out of you coming down the stretch, and we have a solid chance. And I was like, okay, let's get after it. And I think I birdied two of the last five holes and didn't really understand where we were at, but I saw Patrick on 18 have a little pep in his step, and I was like, hmm, okay. I think we got a pretty solid chance here, and he was. Um, he comes up to you mm-hmm. in the 18th fairway, mm-hmm. and you've got how far to to the hole? I had 274 hole, it was 238 front edge. So 238 cover, mm-hmm. and you're thinking lay up. He's thinking you uh, maybe it. you need to send it here mm-hmm. and get us on the green and have an eagle putt. Right. Uh, unfortunately, I took the three iron out of my bag for the week because I needed the two iron off a couple of the tee boxes. So. If I had a three iron in a bag, that was a perfect number for a cover. And I was like, this two iron tends to hook on me. I had a hook lie as well. So I was like, not really feeling it. I'm pretty confident in my wedges. So I was like, just give me to 100 yards, man. Like, let's, let's figure this out. I mean, we've been working so hard on our wedges all year. And I feel like I had a good chance of making birdie the hard way, as you would say. Sure. Um, so you lay up to about, um, what, 90? I had, yeah, 88 yards flag. Okay. We played at 85. Um I had jumped a little, a little bit. Jumped a little bit on me. Had a little adrenaline pumping, and uh, from what I saw in the videos later, it hit about pin high and hit the back edge and spun back. I mean, I hit it well enough to get some grip on it, and uh, had about four feet to the hole. And I was like, hey, "What was, was that? What was that putt like?" It um, honestly, I mean, we worked so hard on our short putts. I mean, it honestly felt like nothing at the time. Like riding a bike. Yeah, at the time, and. I credit Coach and Patrick for, you know, making us work our tails off on those short ones, and I really didn't feel anything on that four- or five-footer I had. So then you're sitting there, and you watch Anton come in, mm-hmm. and he knocks it on the green in two. Mm-hmm. He misses his eagle putt, and it kind of rolls to the fringe, and then Auburn makes or Auburn makes an eagle, and they kind of go berserk, right. thinking, okay, hey, we're up one now. Mm-hmm. And then Anton just steps up and rolls it in on top of it. That dude is him. so clutch. I, he, I've seen him make so many putts in tough situations like that, and – as soon as he rolled that in, I just saw his reaction. I was like, let's go. Like, we got a chance here. And I saw Magnus's tee ball kind of on the downslope yeah. going towards the hazard. I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm not too worried about it, to be honest. I knew he could make the birdie a hard way if he decided to lay up. And But when you see him land it, land it on the green and he's mm-hmm. going to have an eagle putt, what yeah. was going through your mind? I was like, I mean, we have – that's that's the time I pulled out my phone. I left it in my bag the whole round. I'm not a score, uh, leaderboard checker at all. Yeah. So I pulled it out. I think we were two back with two groups to play. That eagle putt dropped us to two back. And Anton did what Got he you did. one back. Yeah, yeah, got us one back. And I was like, man, like we have a solid chance here. We just need Magnus to make birdie here. And then you see Auburn's player go for it as well, and he goes into the water. Mm-hmm. So he's in the penalty area. He's going to have to take a drop. The best he can make is if he holds that shot, he's going to make four. Mm-hmm. Um, but probably a five. Right. Uh, so Magnus gets onto the green. He's got an eagle putt, and he just it just slides by. Right. I mean, it looked good the whole way, and from my angle, it looked like it was carrying quite a bit of speed. I was kind of telling myself, like, sit, 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 like, come on now. And yeah, snap the finger. Yeah, come I snapped on. my fingers a little bit, then just trickle right by the hole, and from my angle, it looked like it was no longer than two feet, and I was like, ah, he's got that. Like, he's got that in the bag, and when it dropped, man, I was. 
I mean, you never really can trust golf stat. Right. So I'm just sitting there like, from my perspective, we're in, according to golf stat, but you never really know. So I'm just sitting there on sitting on a rock over there just waiting for the word, just waiting, waiting, So waiting. were you by yourself or was the rest of the team with you or? Um, I was kind of going through a lot of emotions at the time because – I thought, I mean, I kind of figured we were in, but I just didn't want the disappointment of golf stats having sure. some issues or whatever. So I was just kind of hanging by myself for a moment, and I was peeking over at Coach every 30 seconds, like, what's the deal, man? And he eventually told us that we are in, and I, I just hugged my parents, and I was like, this is incredible. Like, I How cool was it to have them there? It's, uh, I mean, they come to pretty much every tournament that they can, and I'm truly blessed that they're able to do that, and they actually want to do that, and – I can't thank them enough for showing the support that they have that they have been for our team. Being the senior leader mm-hmm. of a team here at Little Rock, to be the first golf team to make it to nationals, what does that mean? It means everything. I mean, this is the first regionals we've been to in what about twenty years or so, and since two thousand eleven, I yeah, believe something like that. Yeah, and just in, just knowing that we're the first team and. Like that legacy will be here forever. It's just truly incredible to be a part of. And I mean that flag from Karsten Creek. Yeah, that's, it's it's gonna be framed oh yeah. and placed in a prominent place here Absolutely. at Little Rock. Just to be a part of that is truly special, and I'm I'm truly blessed that I got to come back next year to experience this. Your expectations for nationals. I mean, me and my buddy have a saying. We were truly big fans of Kobe Bryant in his heyday and he always had this saying i think it was either o2 or o3 finals i think it was after game two and somebody was saying kobe you don't look happy man like what's the deal he's like job's not finished job's not finished so that's kind of my mentality right now it's we still got work to do and you're gonna do it you're gonna practice a little bit oh, yeah. pleasant valley i hear there might be another trip out west mm-hmm. um that that's Maybe. that's always nice oh yeah absolutely so i mean I think we got a pretty good squad. I think we can handle ourselves well out there. And then you're going to head out, I believe, Monday and uh, get out there, play a couple courses out there. Desert golf is a little bit different than than, bit. than golf here in, in Arkansas and mm-hmm. some of the other courses in the south. How, how does that change your mindset going in? Uh, it's just it's only really getting acclimated those first couple of days. It's just a little bit different ball flight carries just a little bit further. I mean, it's it's still the same game. It's just the ball just travels a little bit differently. So it's, it's really up to those first two days that we're there, just getting a little bit more acclimated to uh, just the conditions out there is a little bit thinner. So just got to figure some stuff out when we get there, and we'll be all right. Logan, good luck, man. Appreciate you having me. Thank this you. This team is just something else. Absolutely. It's been, it's been fun to watch. Yes, sir. It's been fun to watch your career, and uh, good luck out there. Thank you. Hashtag chopper. Yes, sir. Thank you. That'll do it for this edition of the Little Rock Golf Podcast. Yeah.